All right. Ephesians 2, part 2. We're back, and I'm joined with Dr. Pastor Archbishop, prophet to the Lord Almighty David. That seemed rehearsed. It was very rehearsed. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to be here but live from Minnesota. That's it. And you have some exciting news that just happened within since we last talked. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Joyce and I, my wife, who you have met yes. um, when we went to Bible school together. Little backstory for all the listeners. Ooh. Um, this is not my first time meeting Ethan. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we. I mean, long story, I'll make it short. God opened up an opportunity for us to um, go work at a church in um, Vancouver. And Joyce just walked into the room. Hello, Joyce. Hello. Ooh, special, special guest. Oh, she's walking away. She just handed me a, a, hot a tea. mug of tea. Oh, I'm Yes, I'm a hot a tea. You knew it. <laughs> That's right. And it 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 is, uh, can you tell me what kind it is? Uh or is it's, it no it's uh it's it's gonna be oh uh chamomile no why would you be drinking chamomile oh, tea it would it would have been but um think south africa oh oh does it start with an r yes you uh, got it ruibos yeah yeah that's it oh it's very hot yes anyways no no it might be chai actually i think it's ruibos okay um yeah so joyce and i are actually going to be working um with a church in Vancouver, Canada, which is like one of the most beautiful places on earth. Oh, Canada. And, oh yeah, you, you betcha. Um, that was like Minnesotan. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Same thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we're gonna be leading worship, helping with the youth, um, and just, just, you know, really help um, helping the senior pastors and all of the leadership there. And, and it's just really exciting how God opened the door and, and has just provided everything along the way, even in the middle of the crazy world crisis right now, we've just seen like genuinely, we've seen God's provision. Um, I I'm making more money now and, and more fulfilled now and doing more, um, stuff for the kingdom of God now than I ever have before. Yeah. And it's in the middle of a lot of people getting laid off and it's just, you know, we've just seen the blessing of God. That's um, so cool. It's really strong. Yeah, it's awesome. And what's the name of the church? It is Glad Tidings Church, Vancouver. Glad Tidings. So, Glad y'all tidings. can check it out. Glad Tidings. And a Merry you. Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. As it is 87 degrees outside my house right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Which is not abnormal for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Um but yeah, that's awesome. It's exciting to hear. I'm always excited when I when I hear about what's happening with people that we went to school with, because um, there are people flung all over the world just from our yeah. class. It's true. <clears throat> so it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So Ephesians two, part two. We're gonna dive right in. Starting in verse eleven. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, 
you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. So just starting from the top of that, it talks about how we were, as Gentiles, we were outside the the people of God. We were separated. Yeah, and it's true. And it yeah. says that we were living in a world without God. So the people of Israel have always been God's chosen people. And before Jesus, those of us who were not Jewish, we were excluded from the blessings of God, like literally living in a world where God doesn't exist. And to think of that is just crazy. Yeah. But let me go back to the, the covenants of promise. It says we were strangers to the covenants of promise. And these covenants of promise, these were foundational, if that's a word, in the Jewish culture. They looked back at these promises and these covenants and held on to them. Yeah. And there are three main covenants that I want to look at. So the first one is the the Abrahamic, Ab- however you want to say it, um, which you can find in Genesis 12. <laughs> um, so the the a covenant is almost kind of like a contract. Both parties have to do something. So in this case, it was Abraham needed to be circumcised, it, like literally circumcised. And yeah. in in the agreement, in the covenant, God would make him into a great nation. He would bless Abraham and make everyone that blessed Abraham a blessing. He, he would bless anyone who would bless Abraham and he would curse anyone who cursed Abraham. So in, in the exchange here, Abraham gets circumcised. God did all those things. That now applies to us. We get all of those great benefits, but the circumcision we have to do is what you were talking about, the circumcision of the heart. When you, when you make a circumcision in the heart, then all of these things can be made, made unto you or given to you. Can I just, can I interject with you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. Um, I, that's, that's also really interesting. And I've, I've studied this out in Romans a little bit because Paul in Romans talks about you know how circum you know circumcision was instituted initially to show um how the descendants of Abraham were set apart from the rest of the world and you know Paul goes on to say that that when we receive Christ that when we're created into this new you know type of being um into a Jesus person that there's a circumcision of sorts that happens to the heart so it's not just for the, the Jewish people anymore now we've been brought into it so and now we, it says we've been brought into the beloved, you know, through receiving Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So now it, it, when that happens to somebody, they are in a sense, you know, I, I don't want to go to any, you know, we're a, we're a new creation. So it's, I think what's interesting, the crazy thing to me is, so Abraham was the father or the patriarch of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. but he 
was a Gentile. He was a normal dude. Right. There was no such, there was no distinction between the two classes there. He was a normal guy. And God, back then, you know, God wanted to set a group of people apart that would know and follow him as God, because the earth was just a crazy place. People worshiping all sorts of weird gods and doing all sorts of horrible things. Mm -hmm. So God wanted to set a group of people apart that would know and follow him. So God spoke to Abraham and gave him this crazy task of leaving his home, taking his family and going off into the wilderness because God told him that there was going to be a land that he would give Abraham and his descendants mm -hmm. and they would grow up there and have the blessing of God. Now, one thing I think that's interesting is very rarely, and you see this in the Bible and you see this with other people that God's called since then that have done big things in ministry. You Very rarely does God use the first person that he try, that he calls on. So like many are called and few are chosen. Few are chosen yeah. What that means what that means is is many are called but few choose to follow the call mm -hmm. so it's possible maybe abraham wasn't even the first guy god, god spoke to it now that's not like a theology i'm making up but but you know god yeah. speaks to people and then they don't listen then he goes to the next person they don't listen so abraham was just this guy that decided to believe god and to step out and do what god said so abraham you know, did that. And in Romans, Paul said it was counted to Abraham as righteousness. And that's how like the, the Jewish people and the nation of Israel started just one ordinary Gentile believing God and doing what he said. And this is really amazing because that's the choice that God gives us with Jesus. Right. God says you can believe God, you know, and accept Christ and do life with him. And in so doing that, you become a recipient of all the promises of God and the blessing of God. Um, exactly. And the blessing of Abraham, you know, it's it's amazing. But you, so, yeah, sorry, you have on, to make on. the choice to to you have do to make that the circumcision of your own heart, cut out the things that that don't belong, and right. Thank you, Jesus. It's not something we have to do literally like they did back then, and it's just so now, something on the inside. <laughs> so now, now you actually receive righteousness, just like Abraham mm -hmm. received righteousness yeah. by just listening to God and just starting to do life with him. Right. And that's how the whole Jewish nation was started. Yeah. And now you have that same choice as a, as a person to just believe Jesus. And it's, that's so amazing. That he's it's done not that. that you had to be born into it. You, you now right. get to be a part of that promise. Um, Everybody, no matter, yeah, no matter what they've done in life, they can choose to just make that decision. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's amazing. Which then, I mean, that leads to like, so that that's just the first covenant. The second one is the Mosaic covenant. So this covenant was basically um, the Ten Commandments, right? God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And if the people follow the Ten Commandments, then God would be with them. God would bless them. And God would give them this promised land. And that now applies to us except the Ten Commandments, we don't follow those because Jesus tells us that all of the commandments can be summed up by love. Love God and love your neighbor. So when we love God and love our neighbor, God will be with us, God will bless us, and everything that we do. So same yeah. principle as the first covenant. Then the third covenant, which is really what ties into what you were saying earlier, is the Davidic covenant. And that's in Second Samuel that's my seven. Name. Yeah, that is your name. <laughs> but without all <laughs> the like fancy titles. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So this one, David had to obey. That was that was the contingent contingency, is David had to obey, and if he would obey, God would would make a dwelling place. Would would help David make a dwelling place for God. He would promise that his favor would never be taken from David. He would make David forever secure and would protect David from any affliction from the enemy. So same thing as the first two. When we obey, we get all of that. And what's really cool is the the dwelling place for God. Because David, when you read in 2 Samuel, he wanted to build a literal temple. Well, yeah. this covenant, how it applies to us, is not quite like that. It's like an upgraded version. We get to become that dwelling place. We get to be... Because like the temple... David was like really upset when he found out he couldn't build it. And to, I can't even imagine what David's reaction would be if it was like, Hey, you get to be the dwelling place. Like, and that's what we get. Right. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit deeper later in the chapter, uh, in the next set of verses. But just to wrap up this section, it, it then talks about how God is our peace. Uh, when it was Gentiles and Jewish people, there was hostility. There was literally a wall that they built to keep Gentiles out. And furthermore, there was hostility within the Jewish ranks. There was a veil that would prevent people from going into the Holy of Holies, which was where the presence of God would dwell. Yeah, And this veil was was torn in two when Jesus was crucified. Literally, it was torn in two right down the middle, which was telling the world, everyone now has access. It's not about if you're Jewish, if you're Gentile, everyone has access to the presence of God. It's true. And that's what what it's talking about when it says that he, in verse 14, that he has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. He got rid of that hostility of, of rank and who could be in the presence of God and who could not be. And he abolished the law of commandments in verse 15. That's what, what it says. And that's because the law of commandments is what really separated uh, Gentiles from the Jewish people. It, it was ordinances that the Jewish people followed, and that's what made them who they were. And verse 15 continued, it says that he might create in himself by Jesus one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both, not Gentiles, not Jewish people, both to God in one body, Jesus, through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Yeah, I think I think this is a super important um, thing to stop on and really talk about for a little bit because what Paul is saying here um, about how there is a, a in a sense a new type of person that is is made that is introduced to us mm-hmm. um, from from your verse 14 there that's a really important thing to have as a foundation as a Christian because if you don't know that you are a new type of person, and and um, what 
you know, which is a result of what Jesus did and receiving Jesus. It's a lot more than just just getting into heaven. Right. You know, or it's even more more than having your sins forgiven. That there's an old saying um that says Jesus didn't just die to get you into heaven, but he died to get heaven into you. Mm-hmm. You know, that oh, that's good. that the redemption that happens as a result of what Jesus did when you receive Christ is huge in Second Corinthians, I'll get a little off here. In Second Corinthians, um, let's see, I find my scripture here, five seventeen through eighteen, and I'll just go in like a little into detail about verse fourteen there. So, in Second Corinthians, Paul says, "Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous, and moral spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come." So when people read this, it's really easy, I think. And I heard somebody talking about it this past week, which is why it's like really fresh in my mind mm-hmm. um, on Facebook. And it's really easy to, you know, there's there's an old song that we used to sing in church where when I grew up and it goes, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, you know, and and the heart behind it is good because I used to be a sinner, then God saved me. But yeah. But there's this idea where all the all the focus is on, I am a sinner, and then there's a caveat at the end that says, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm also saved by grace. You know, yeah, that we, that's that's not how God looks at us. That's not how God defines us. Which means that's not the reality of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so Paul said, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he's a new cre- creation, a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Now, Paul isn't. Um, you know, he means what he says here. So if you, if you really look at it, some of the Greek wordplay, um, here, which is in the same in the English is, um, that Paul is saying, because for, for the, for the past forever in Jewish tradition, there were two types of people. There were Gentiles and then there was the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So for as far back as forever, there was only ever these two types of people and both had a sin problem. Both needed redemption. Both, neither of them could be the, be righteous like God required because the only way that you could be righteous was if you lived your entire life and kept the law of God. You never sinned one time and then you would be righteous. Then you would be upright in God's eyes. Yeah. But because Everybody we learn in Romans and just in life that every person who has ever lived, no matter how much they have tried, they have sinned and they've messed up. Yeah. So nobody, you know, has has been righteous. So what Paul is saying here is for the past forever, there have been these two types of people. Both have had a sin problem. But now when you receive Christ, what he's saying in Second Corinthians and where you're t- where you're referencing and many other places in the epistles. When you receive Christ, when you give your life to him and you ask him for forgiveness, something happens to your heart that Paul has also called the circumcision of the heart, where now you are literally crafted and and changed and you are a new type of person that is a new type of being that's never existed before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which is really amazing that that now it says that you are the right i forget the reference but it, but paul says that you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus so now you are just as righteous literally just as holy as somebody who has never sinned who has never 
broken the law of God because Christ, God looks at you look like he looks at Christ, which, mm-hmm. which is totally sinless. So it's really important to have that as a foundation because if you don't know that you are the righteousness of God, that you deserve to have your prayers answered, answered because of what Jesus did, then you'll pray and you'll ask God or you try to believe God for things like healing or, or whatever or prosperity or whatever it is. And, and then you'll, at the end of your prayer, you'll look, you'll look at yourself and, and you'll see your, your past failures and, and your mistakes. And you'll say, I don't know if I really deserve to have my prayers answered, but the reality is that you do deserve to have your prayers answered because of what Jesus did, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's very important to have this idea of being a new person, a new type of creation. Right. To go in a a little more detail, Ephesians five says that we, um, we are, what does it say? We are members of Christ's body, that we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. That, and, and Christ said that that we are, um, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. That mm. when we get saved and when we receive Christ, this work happens on the inside of us. We are literally grafted to Christ. He said, I have come. He said, that as the father has life, that word life is the word Zoe, which is the life of God. I have come. And, and then he said, I have come so that, he said, as the father has life, so the son has life. And I have come so that you may have life, Zoe, and have it more abundantly. And it's it's just amazing what the, the picture that Paul and, and Jesus and everybody paints for us and the picture God paints for us in the Bible, that, that we are now filled and overflowing with the vitality and the life and the power, the dunamis power, you know, of, mm-hmm. of God. And we're flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, which is why we can believe God for big things, Jesus said, and even greater miracles than what I've done. You can see that we can lay hands on the sick and God's power flows through us because we are a new type of person. And yeah. it's it's just, it's really important to have that as a cornerstone of who you are and, and what you believe, you know. Oh man, it's like everything you just said is alluding to, <laughs> to the next the next part, like the next chunk of scripture, I'm so like, we are not sharing notes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so like, this is gonna, that's funny. This is gonna gel. Okay, yeah, this is gonna gel so well. <laughs> so, picking up in verse 18, for through him, we both, the Jewish and the Gentiles, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So when we obey, when we love God and love our neighbors, and when we make this a circumcision within our hearts, to follow God, we get to be part of this structure. And this structure is so cool to study because it's all in that word cornerstone. So have you ever, Mm. have you ever looked up cornerstone? Like what that means? I, I just know that it's, it's like the, the center point of, of, or the reference point when you're building a, um, a foundation. Okay. Yes. That, yes. That's, that's what everything ties. At least I'm. I'm. I'm guessing. Actually. No. 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 <laughs> so. no, no, no. It is a part of the foundation. Um, but this is so cool. This is probably the coolest thing I found in this whole chapter. Um, the cornerstone is, it's it's a part of the foundation, 
but its specific role is to hold two walls together while keeping the foundation sturdy. And the hmm. two walls that's being painted here metaphorically in this letter is the the wall one wall is gentiles and the other wall is jewish people so jesus being that cornerstone brought these two walls together and now is the foundation so that those walls can make up this dwelling place for god and when you look like in ancient times when people would when when they would build a building and use a cornerstone they would actually sacrifice an animal and pour the blood over the cornerstone hmm. because they felt that would give the cornerstone strength and stability. So what this is saying in regards to us and Jesus is Jesus by dying and shedding his blood became this integral piece to God's dwelling place and brought together both people so that we can become his dwelling place like that's i don't know i think it's super cool <laughs> um but that was the that that was the end i'm just going through my notes to see if um yeah um that's amazing oh this this was also something really cool because you mentioned abraham was a gentile the word reconcile in verse 16 it says that God would reconcile us both to God. The Greek word actually means to reconcile or bring together again. Wow. So that's it, interesting. It's almost telling us in a sense like, hey, remember like the father of the Jewish nation? Yeah, you remember how he wasn't Jewish? Like Yeah. They right. were the people were together at that point. It, it was one one person, so I thought that yeah. was that was cool because That's really interesting. I actually wrote that down, and I remember thinking, how is it how is it bring together again? And then when you said what you hmm. did, it clicked with me. I was like, oh, because because God didn't want a separation. He's he's not like he didn't like make people to exile some people and to bless other people. He made people, and he wanted them to do life with him. But in order you know, people were just messed up. So he's like, okay, I'm going to have to just pick one group of people and work on them to hopefully have somebody that'll do life with me and serve me. And I can <laughs> redeem the rest of them through this one nation, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So that's, that's amazing. And it's, I, I mean, just the whole, like if I could kind of put a summary on the second half of Ephesians two, it would basically be, um, you're no longer Gentiles or or a Jewish person, you now are a new person that gets all the covenants of promise from the past. And yeah. you're now part of a new creation that is a dwelling place for God that everyone has access to. And that's wow. that's the incredible testimony of of what Jesus did for us by dying on the cross and it's just yeah amazing it is amazing and but that's, that's what life is all about literally <laughs> yeah it literally is and and it's, what is the, the yeah <laughs> it's like it's it's choosing to access that you you have to choose to access god by giving your life to him and, and doing the things that we 
we talked about. But I don't know. Do you have anything yeah. else to add? No, it's just it's just amazing that you know how how, how, <laughs> how God the whole story of the Bible, if you want to look at it in a very summarized form, is God made people, people messed up. He redeemed them and took away all the separation between people and classes and and everything and has brought them back together so that they can just do life with him like he, um, you know, first intended. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we see here and, and everywhere in the Bible. Yeah. It's amazing to be part to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. And now to be in the in in an age where we are redeemed and we can do life with Christ and, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost and and um yeah and out of the hostility. It's an exciting time. Yeah, out of the hostility. It's amazing. It is amazing. Well, I think that wraps up Ephesians two. Next is, I guess I'm gonna Ephesians go eat sushi. 3. Ooh, don't do gas station sushi. No, I'm. We're making it. We're oh. making it. Joyce. Oh. Joyce picked up some. We got some salmon and some tuna. I've been. Yeah. You know, I've only had sushi twice. The first time it was leftover and warm at no. someone's apartment in Los Angeles, and yeah. the second time was on your wedding day. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody that gives it a proper chance like sushi. And this is what I'll close with. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> the only people I've heard tell me that don't like sushi, they say, oh, I tried it once and it was a bad experience. And I I take them out and we get good sushi and like normal sushi. It's not warm or anything weird. And they love it. Arnam was the same thing, you know, who's, who was my roommate at the time. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's what I'll I had, take away from Ephesians. I don't know where the sushi came from that you ate before your before your wedding ceremony, <laughs> like five minutes before we were going yeah. down to the sanctuary. You were eating. I don't know. <laughs> I know Pastor Rodney walked by upstairs, and I, I had like, you know, my breath smelled like wasabi, <laughs> and and <laughs> whatever. I don't even know where it was from. Somebody brought it. I don't know. Somebody where it was brought from. it and put it on the table. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a good. It helped calm my nerves. So <laughs> were there any rice repercussions stuck in, my in my wedding pictures later? No, later. Never. In the day I've or... never. I've never gotten sick from sushi. People say, "Oh, raw fish," but fish tastes stronger when it's cooked. It's like raw fish doesn't even taste like anything. So I don't understand people. Yeah, I'll but have to. That's what I'm gonna to go try. Do. Good sushi. Yeah, we'll 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 go out to sushi together. Yes, a sushi sushi night. That's scheduled sometime in advance. Some it'll be sometime yeah. after today. Yeah. Well, enjoy your sushi. <laughs> Thanks Thank for hanging you. out with me. Yeah, this was fun. And um, and until next time, when we check out Ephesians three.